So thanks again for coming back. Uh, Tracy introduced me. I'm Chet, and I'm really glad that um, you decided to come back this week, and we're, we're really excited to continue to get to know several of you. I know I met lots of you last week for the first time, and uh, we look forward to, to more of that. So I just want to welcome you. Um, I again want to just, because we're kicking off the new year, and especially for some of you that are, are coming out for the first or second time here, um, there's a whole group of people who pour into um, making these evenings happen and, and our Saturday kind of events that we're doing and the fall retreat coming up, and that's our ministry team. So could I have the ministry team folk just kind of raise their hands and wave it really quick? Okay. So... Truly, truly, these people are here to, to serve, okay? And they, they not only serve behind the scenes, but they're willing to, to serve by, like, they want to pour into you, disciple. Uh, they want to go grab a coffee with you and just see how you're doing. So please um, make sure that you go over and introduce yourself to them and get to know them as well, okay? There's a lot more of you than, than us on, on the ministry team, but we want to... We, we'd love to meet you. So, um, Also, Ricky kind of mentioned this as he was leading us in prayer, but if you're here and just kind of exploring who God is and you're not exactly sure where you're at uh, with God kind of thing, that's okay, and we want you to know this is a safe place. You can ask questions and, uh, and just be able to hang out and interact as much as you want or as little as you want, and we want you to, to feel comfortable with that, Okay. Um, last week, we started off letting you know a little bit of who we are as a group. And actually, I talked about our purpose. It's going to go up on the screen here. This is our purpose as a group, to disciple and send mature and growing representations of Jesus into every sphere of society. And again, as I mentioned last week, we don't want everybody in this group to become pastors and missionaries. That is so far from the truth. We want you to know who God is and truly relate with him with confidence to walk in his ways and represent him and his character wherever you feel called to and whatever you're being trained to do. Okay, that's what we want you to do. Um, so if we can aid you and help you to know who Jesus is more and to walk in the ways of God and uh, like anything we can do along those lines, that's what we want to do. That's our purpose. Um, so to help us accomplish that, we have four values that we've kind of just centered around. And last week we talked about our first value, and that was that we value people relating to God. Meaning we, every, as much as we possibly can, we want you to encounter God in these evenings. We want to encourage you through the teachings or challenge you through the teachings to get to know who God is more. Um, if we, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the discipleship groups that are going to be coming up. If we can use those discipleship groups to help you grow in your walk with God, then we want to do that as well. Or even if it's just grabbing a coffee and going, here's something I'm wrestling with. Can you help me sort through this? If that's what it takes for you to get to know who God is a little more, we want to do that, Okay. This week, I want to talk about our second value, which is that we value people relating to people, okay? Um, 
I'm going to have a picture put up here. I'm going to read this just in case you can't. For my birthday this last year, the staff gave me a card with encouragements in it. And it's one of the things that we do whenever one of us on staff has a birthday is we all write in this card, give it to each other. And then we actually take time uh, face-to-face in a staff meeting and we affirm one another and encourage one another in what we see. And uh, this year, Leighton, our lead pastor, he wrote this in my card. Chet, I think you're a good putter. Your wedges need work. Your drives can be more consistent. I'm glad that I know this about you because we are friends. <laughs> Leighton. Now, when I read this, I was actually really encouraged. Not that what other people wrote in the card wasn't encouraging, it was as well. But it was just that Leighton and I had spent enough time with one another that he knew my golf game. Okay? And it's not just my golf game. It's the fact that we enjoy being with each other enough that we call each other up and go, what are you doing? Let's go golfing. In our friendship, we share a lot of personal challenges that we're going through, maybe ministry challenges that we're going through here, uh, just difficult life circumstances, and we also have a lot of fun together. Like, we like to mess with each other. I remember once being on the green, uh, playing golf with, with Leighton, and the green was just as flat as a pancake. And I, you know, lined up in my, my putter, and, and I thought, I've got this. And I hit it, and all of a sudden it went off to the, you know, to the left. Of, or, or, pardon me, it went, it went totally straight, but it, it was just off the edge of the hole. And I, did, I stood there, and I was like, I did not see that big curve in there at all. And Leighton was just like, what? Big curve? What? What are you, what are you talking about? And I knew I was just going to get in his head. <laughs> and it was straight as an arrow. I just hit it wrong. But I went, as soon as I said it, he's like, what, what is going on? Right? We love to have fun together. The bottom line was this. When, when I read this, it made me feel good because it made me feel known. That he, he understood me well enough that he knew that when he made this comment that it would be meaningful. It was only something that he would know because him and I go golfing together quite a bit. And it was just a unique way to, to put it. I think we all want friendships or family relationships like this but we don't always find it. So, we want you to really get to know one another and learn how to get to know one another here in this group. The statement, that statement might strike fear in you because you might be thinking, wait a minute, if people really get to know me, they may not want to get to know me anymore. So I don't know if I want to go there. And, and it is always a risk to be vulnerable. 
it's always a bit of a, a risk to share things with other people that maybe you're a little bit ashamed about or you, that you don't really particularly even enjoy about yourself, that you're wired a certain way in your personality or whatever it might be. So it might strike a bit of fear. With that being said, we believe that at the core of every person, there is a deep-seated desire and a need to be known by others. Here's why. God created us this way. He is a relational God. Even between God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He is a God of relationship. They model relationship to us. And there's something about being known by others that makes us feel at home. As soon as we feel like somebody knows what our favorite color is or if they wanted to take us out for a meal and they know exactly the restaurant that they would take us to because they understand what our favorite food is or they buy us a gift or they stop by and they encourage you with something because they know you need it, that makes us feel at home. It makes us feel like we belong. When we feel at home, that's when we can be ourselves. Meaning we can be honest, we can be vulnerable, we can even be ashamed with one another. We can share the things that are hard to share. When we feel at home, it's also when we can experience the greatest laughter, the greatest joy, and the greatest peace. And it's a risk to be vulnerable for some of us because hurts from our past keep us from wanting to take a risk again. And that's completely logical, but it is also something that can be overcome. It's our value as a college and career group to create times for us to share with one another, to pray together, to laugh together. And it's in the midst of um, with, with sharing with each other that some deep things can come of that, deeper things that maybe we even ever expected. There has been times where I've seen people in this room praying for one another tears flowing, people opening up for the very first time, you know, the statement coming out of their mouth, I've never shared this with anyone before. And we want you to know that this is a safe place to do that, but it comes through an investment of building relationships with one another, of learning how to do relationship with one another well. No one ever wants to sign up for the ugly cry together. <laughs> um, but the reward of those moments is very great when we know one another through a moment like that. So it's a value for us to relate to one another in this kind of way. But in order to do that, we have to learn what God's ways are for how we are to relate to one another and then put it into practice. And he is the master of relationships. And he's given us instruction in his word of how to do this. 
And so we're going to look at one passage of Scripture tonight. It's going to fill up the screen here next. But it's the Apostle Paul writing to the Roman church. And it's a section of Scripture in how the followers of Jesus are to relate to one another. I'm going to make note of a few things after we read through this. But see if you can pick out some of these right now. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Measure yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have, been, have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. We need one another. This is a list of God's ways of how we're to relate to one another. It's if he's the master of relationship and the one who's created each one of us and brought us together, we should probably listen and put into practice the things that he's asking us to do. We're not going to do this perfectly in this group because we're all still growing into the likeness of Christ. But it is still our value to try and represent him well in how we love one another and maybe how we challenge one another to do that. So, some of the specific ways to relate to one another in a godly way that were just mentioned, starting at the top. And these are just my own words here, but be humble and honest about yourself. That's a foundational thing. You know what? We all have messy lives. If there's one thing, I, like I've been in full-time ministry now for 27 years. And if there's one thing I've realized is my own life and everybody else that I've ever met anywhere around the world, there is messiness. And the sooner we can come to grips with the fact that there's some messiness in our own lives, 
the sooner we're willing to open up and relate with others. It's okay for us to know what we're good at and what we're not so good at and to be able to share that with one another. We all know we have things that we're not good at, but will we be quick to admit that instead of pretending that we're something we're not? It's just not a fun way to do life. It's a lot more enjoyable when you can make fun of yourself, <laughs> right? And just kind of be able to go, like, I'm married, so you have this person in your life now who is a mirror that sees everything about you. And they know every error in your way. Your attitudes, your actions, everything. And very quickly you're like, okay, it's much easier if I just eat humble pie when it's warm versus when it's cold, meaning pretend like it's not my fault. I didn't do that. I would never think that. About, you know. And then X amount of time goes by and then you're like, actually, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I said that and I shouldn't have. I'm sorry, right? After you live like that for a while, you're like, why do I fight that so much? It's just my own pride. And I just need to have a more realistic view of myself, humble myself. Second thing, admit that we belong to one another and we need one another. There is not one of us that is self-sustaining. Sometimes you've risked and you've been vulnerable and you've gotten hurt. And then that causes you to go, I'm never doing that again. And, you, and, and we often do this, say this in our heads where we just go, I'm never opening up again. I'm never going to share these types of things again. And that forces us into a corner where then we have to rely completely on ourselves for everything. And we were never designed to do that. Look at what we just read in this scripture. It's all dependent, we're all dependent on one another and on God. The sooner we can admit that, the better. Relationships aren't always about what you're going to get. They're sometimes about what you bring to the table for the other person. And we live in a society which is usually wired to think, and we are wired to think, that it's about how we feel and what we are getting out of it. When sometimes... It's not about what we're going to get out of it. It's about what we bring to the others around us. Which is why Jesus came and said, I'm coming to serve, not to be served. Third thing, be willing to let God use the gifts and talents that he has put in you. If we're going to love one another and relate to one another well, will you let God show you the gifts and the talents that he's put in you, and will you let him use those gifts to bless others? The gifts that he gives are to serve others. 
Otherwise, the whole body of Christ suffers. See, it's not you just going, ooh, that's going to make me uncomfortable to get, you know, to be up front or to engage in this or that. That's out of my comfort zone. That's That's not for me. It's not just impacting you. It's it's the fact that it's not going, you're, you're not letting the gifts or the talents that God's given you be a blessing to the rest of the body of Christ or to, the, to others around you or in your workplace. And everybody has to start somewhere. You can't start off at a pro level in whatever that gifting or that talent is. Fourth thing, really love one another. Let's not fake care and concern with one another. If you say, and, and this is something that God challenged me with in being in, engaged with missions overseas, I'd talk with lots of people and I would, you know, walk away from them going, yeah, I'll pray for you. No, I didn't. I'd walk away and I would forget. Because It was just easy to throw that statement out. And God really challenged me, like it was the Holy Spirit just convicting me, the ones where he just went, really? Are you gonna? Because I'm going to pay attention to if you do or not. I was like, okay, I need to be careful about what I am saying then and what I actually can commit to. Right? I want us to learn how to really love one another, to really ask deeper questions of one another, to seek to honor and encourage one another and to pray for one another. That's our standard. Fifth thing, be ready to help one another. The thing I like about this passage is it speaks of an eagerness to help. Which again, We live in a society that's kind of focused on us. We love it when people help us. But if all of a sudden we hear of somebody else that needs help, sometimes we're like looking down at the floor and I sure hope somebody else decides to help out with that or serve in that way. Versus doing a little bit of a heart check and going, is that something that I could actually do? Am, is there an eagerness to serve? I can't tell you how many good friendships have come into my life simply because I, I, I felt like God was prompting me to serve and I went just thinking, I need, I need to go and help, help these people. I don't even know who they are. And now they're some of my best friends. Last one is be hospitable. Be willing to invite those that are discouraged, wrestling through something that they're going through. Invite them into your life. Invite them into your home. You know what? Um, If you have finished your exams at exam time, but you know there's two or three of your friends that are, they still have a couple of exams left, you could just go, Man, that sucks. Or you could go, you know what? 
you're studying your face off. I'll go, I can't cook, but I'll go pick something up for you to eat. And I'll drop it off so you don't have to cook. That's a huge blessing. How many of you have been in that situation, right? Where you're just like, I don't even have time to cook a meal right now and I'm so stressed. You know, or somebody that stops by with a meal and then just goes, let me pray for you for like two minutes. Right? That's encouraging. That's affirming. That's the kind of relating we want to do with one another. We want to be hospitable. And we may never get that in return, but that's not what it's about. Okay, so don't worry. Uh, I, I don't want you to wait for somebody else to take the lead on this. I'm challenging each of you to take initiative in this. Lean into one another. Get to know one another. Take a risk. Learn together, pray for one another, and start to practice these godly, these few godly ways of, of relating to one another. This is our standard, okay? Now, in digging into the Word of God and also in, under the title of relating to one another, I want to let you know about a few ways that you can connect in a uh, deeper way with people in this group. We've already talked lots about the fall retreat coming up, that there's lots of free time there, and it's highly relational. There's some learning we do together, but it's all about really getting to know one another in the context of relating with God, which is the best. Okay, that's coming up in a couple of weeks. Up on the screen, there are four groups, potentially five, um, but there are four groups that are happening which are year-long discipleship groups. Okay, and we use a book, a workbook that we go through called the discipleship, or A Discipleship Journey, and it's just a, a tool to get you into scripture and relating with one another. These groups are going to meet on these evenings. Um, so Tracy, Lara, and Tanea, and, and Fred will be there off and on if he's not working. Can you guys just stand up quick? Okay, so there's Tanea up front, Lara, and Tracy. Um, they're going to be running groups. Tracy's on Tuesday, Lara and Tanea's on Wednesdays. Um, they've already had some people come up and want to be in their groups. They have space for a few more. They're mixed. They're all mixed groups, so meaning male, female. Um, so if that is something that you would like to be a part of, they're going to start the beginning of October after the fall retreat. And if you're thinking, I would like to be a part of a group that's going to meet every week, Go and find them tonight and let them know. Okay? Next slide is we have some weekend discipleship groups that are going to be coming up. So up here, Brandon, Mike, and Erica. Are Brandon's here. Mike is here. Is Erica here? Erica. There you Sorry. <laughs> Can you guys just stand up? So Brandon, Mike, and Erica, their group isn't going to be until January in the new year, but they're going to do um, a group looking at passion, uh, per pardon me, purpose, passion, and gifts. You guys can have a seat. Um, again, they, they have space for about six people. If you would like to be a part of that group, 
find one of them and let them know. Okay, get, they, give them their, your contact information. Next one, Lara's going to be running one this weekend, Friday, Saturday, okay, on knowing God. She's got a few people in the group. She needs two more. Um, I think she's got three or four women in her group right now, but she's willing to make it a mixed group if there's a couple of guys that want to join that group. And then, or if there's a couple other women, fine. If there's one girl and one guy, lucky guy, but whatever. <laughs> if I'm doing the math and I'm single, I'm like, hey, sign me up. But <laughs> Okay, Josh and, is it, and Mike? Mike, are you doing two groups? <laughs> There's a servant heart right there, okay? Okay, uh, on Knowing God, November 22nd and 23rd, six people. Josh is not here, so Mike is at the back. Why don't stick your hand up, Mike? Okay. And then Ricky and Elena, which are both up front here. Can you guys, oh, okay, good. Uh, they're going to do a weekend group on the grace of God, October 25th and 26th. They have space for about three to six people, mixed group as well. Okay, these are just some, you guys, if you get in a smaller group of people and you spend a couple of days reading the word of God and sharing together, I promise you it'll make a difference in how you relate to one another, but also how you relate to God. We started doing these weekend groups a few years back, and I remember one particular girl coming in, and, and she was just nervous to come and be a part of a group this size, and, and I remember her coming in and kind of hovering along the outside edges of the room and whatnot. She went to one of these weekend groups, and here's what caught my attention. The next Thursday night, she walked through the doors saw one of the people that was in her group and was just like, hey, I know you. And they all were like, hey, and they got together and it was awesome and they just plugged in. That's all that she needed was to be in a slightly smaller group to really get to know someone where she could open up and share and others could as well and she felt like she was at home and belonged. Okay? So, last thing I'm going to share is that starting in October, our teaching team got together a couple of weeks ago, and we're going to be doing a series all this fall up to Christmas on relationships and how to do relationships well. And we're going to be looking at work relationships, we're going to be looking at family and friend relationships, we're going to be looking at romantic relationships, the whole, the whole fall here. Okay, because this is a significant value for us, and we want to do it well. Now, the rest of tonight, I want to invite up Elena Chan to come up, who's on our ministry team, and to share part of her story of walking with God and how relationships with Christ followers impacted her life. So I'm just going to have her come up and share to close.
Hello, I'm Elena, as Chad said. I'll uh, just tell you a little bit about myself. I grew up here in Saskatoon, and I'm in my final year of university here at the U of S, majoring in geography, so I like maps, I like environmental science and sustainability and all that good stuff. Um, I started attending this CNC group eight years ago. So since tonight's message was on people relating to people, I thought I would share a bit of my story on how God has used people in my life to change my heart for the church and my perspective on Christian leadership. I grew up in a Christian household going to church every Sunday. Uh, I don't have a specific moment in my life where my faith became my own. It was just kind of a gradual process that happened as I got older. I didn't really have close friends in the church when I was growing up. I found it difficult to connect with the other kids around me. Um, I wanted to, but I didn't know how, and I often found myself on the outside of friend groups. People weren't mean to me, but I didn't feel like I belonged with them. So I spent a lot of time around people, but not really feeling like I was really with them. When I was about 10 or 11, my family started to have issues with our church. To make a long story short, uh, things got bad enough that we eventually left. My parents had been a part of this church since before my siblings and I were born, and it was not an easy departure. For a short time, we did some church shopping or church hopping, um, but eventually we just stopped going to church altogether. This was hard for me because I called myself a Christian, but I didn't have an answer for the question, where do you go to church? I harbored a lot of resentment towards organized church for the experiences my family had had with different Christian leaders, not just at our church, but also with other Christian organizations as well. I saw the actions of leaders contradict their words when it suited them. And something that stuck out to me about church leadership was how people with certain personalities were the ones who were considered leaders. People who were charismatic and had strong personalities, which is not me. So I figured leadership wasn't the place for me. I never desired to be a leader because honestly, I didn't want to be like many of the people that I had seen in leadership positions. It seemed to me that a leader had to be a certain type of person. That person made decisions, and whatever collateral damage occurred from those decisions didn't matter as long as it accomplished their goals. And I was used to either me or the people I cared about being the collateral damage, and I didn't ever want to be in a position to be doing that to someone else. So the idea of being a leader did not appeal to me. I want to be clear that not all the experiences I had with Christian leaders were bad, but there were enough negative ones that to me it seemed like that was kind of the standard to expect rather than the exception. For all of high school, I didn't have a home church, and there was a tug of war happening inside of me where on the one hand, I wanted to have a place that I could call home, but on the other hand, I still had a lot of resentment and anger for the church and I didn't see the point in trying, just to become collateral damage again. After I graduated high school, my older sister invited me to come out to Ebenezer CNC group, which she had been a part of for a while. 
And I mostly ended up coming because she wouldn't stop asking me and I wanted her to leave me alone about it. Um, so I figured I would come, try it out once, not like it, and that would be that. But as soon as I came to this group, I quickly saw that there was something different about it. Initially, I kept coming because the teachings had sound biblical foundations, but what I noticed more as time went on was that people were actually living out what they were teaching. When I heard there was a ministry team based on past experiences, I expected it to be a clique of popular people and the type of people that I was used to seeing on leadership teams and who I really didn't fit in with. But it wasn't like that. The ministry team and even people not on the ministry team genuinely cared for the people who came here and wanted to connect with the new people. These people didn't just say hi to me once and pat themselves on the back for welcoming a new person and then never speak to me again. They interacted with me on a personal basis, not just as another face in the crowd or as the younger sister of one of their friends. They actually wanted to get to know me for me. As an introvert, I never expected to be able to feel at home in a group of 100 people, but somehow that's what happened. For the first time, I started to understand what it meant to have a community of people that I could call family. A couple years after I started attending here, Chet and Tracy invited me to go to a leadership conference with some of the other CNCers. Honestly, at the time, I was quite surprised and not really sure why they asked me. <laughs> um, although my perspective on Christian leadership had changed to be less negative, I still didn't see myself as a leader. I still had the set image in my head of what a leader looked like, and I was not it. It wasn't upsetting to me that I didn't fit that image. I just thought that being a leader wasn't for me. I wasn't a leader in the same way I wasn't a ballet dancer. Uh, but I agreed to go to the conference anyway. This conference shattered my image of what a leader is supposed to be. I can't summarize everything that I learned there, but here's just a couple of things that I learned about leadership while I was there. So first, uh, leaders have all types of personalities and strengths. Of course, there are some leaders who are charismatic, outgoing, and eloquent, and well-spoken. But not all leaders are, because as disciples of Jesus, we are all called to be leaders and disciple others. 1 Corinthians 12, 4-6 says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, and in everyone, it is the same God at work. We lead by using our unique spiritual gifts to connect with others and show them God's love. And none of these gifts are greater than the others. God works equally in all types of leadership. Secondly, I learned that leadership doesn't have to take place in formal leadership positions. Since we are all called to lead in our own spheres of influence, we lead by modeling Christ-like behavior and showing God's love to others. I think that the most important thing about leadership is caring for others in a godly way. So I don't need to wait for a label defining me as a leader before I can demonstrate God's love to others. 
By the end of that conference, I started to believe that maybe I could be a leader. So now I, I have a heart for leadership, and I've learned to love the church instead of resent it. Even though it doesn't always come naturally to me, I have learned to value relating to people because God values relating to his people and us relating to each other. God made us to be relational because he's relational. He used people here at Ebenezer to help heal my heart from previous bad experiences with the church. And so I've changed from never wanting to be a leader to learning what godly leadership looks like and responding to God's call to leadership on my life. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks, Elena. Um, as I shared last week after Lara uh, got up and shared, it's a big deal to get up here and share a bit of your story and to be vulnerable and to share parts of it that are, are difficult or confessing things that you didn't want to confess. And I just appreciate your, your honesty. Um, would you take time and just encourage her like afterwards and go up and tell her what, you, what, what stood out, what maybe God challenged you with and to pray for, for her? Um, as well as we want to just a quick reminder again, as people, a number of different people are going to be coming up over the next several weeks, and just to be honorable in how you talk about their stories with others, right? That's one of the ways we just talked about, honoring one another, right? We want to do that well. So um, with that, I want to close off the evening just with two, two questions. They're going to be up on the screen here. Does being known by others excite you or frighten you? And why? Like really being known. Okay, not just your name. <laughs> okay. And what does meaningful relationship look like for you? Okay. So what I want you to do, there's lots of you at each table. It'll take a long time if you, if you wait for everybody around your table. Take like groups of three or four at your table and just take a few minutes and ask these questions of one another. And then we'll have snack and everything at the back. When, you, when you're done in your group sharing, um, feel free to go out there and grab snack and hang out. Okay? We have a couple more weeks before we head on the fall retreat. Don't forget that you can sign up for that. Tracy will be out in the foyer. We really want you to, to come out to that if you can. Okay? And uh, have a good week. We'll see you either on Sunday or next Thursday. <laughs>